Welcome to Food Chat, a weekly show that's all about food production, including farming, ranching, processing, and basically all things involved in getting food from the field to your plate. Now, let's get you reconnected to your food, and here are your hosts, Greg Bloom and Chef Jackson Lamb. Talk about an uphill battle, 2,000 acres of beans and cattle. He don't ever get rattled. He just goes till the sun goes down. Hydraulic fluid on his jeans. This is Gregory Bloom, your host at Food Chat. Food Chat is all about reconnecting you to your food. And today we have a special feature at Food Chat, a special edition on bakeries, local bakery. In fact, a local bakery that you've never heard of because they sell food service only, meaning they sell to food distributors that sell to restaurants. We call that food service. We also call restaurants operators in the industry. So you might hear me say operators uh, or food service. So where do you find great buns if you can't find them at retail? Well, they're kind of hard to find. And I'm going to have our guest today, Gino Cherenzia from the Harvest Moon Baking Company, explain this. Now, I've been selling burgers in Colorado for over 30 years. I've worked for six different USDA meat plants, and I've uh, mostly just sold beef burgers, high-quality gourmet beef burgers. And I have a blog I've put out, a three-part blog at ranchfreshmeats.com. You can go to blogs at ranchfreshmeats.com and find out my thoughts on how to get a gourmet burger, whether you're making it at home or whether you're trying to find it at food service. They can be hard to find um, because, you know, operators are all about making money, and so they sometimes, not all of them, but some of them look for the cheapest products that they can buy. And in the beef business, the cheapest products they can find concerning beef burgers are not the best quality ones. And the reason for that is, is that a lot of beef burgers are made from dairy cows that are um, second career, you know, after they get done producing milk. Uh, those animals turn into ground beef. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great purpose for those animals. But it doesn't create the best quality burger. So in my blog that I have at ranchfreshmeats.com, you can see that I say that the best quality beef comes out of fed cattle. Fed cattle meaning animals that are under 30 months old that are used just for meat. These are the animals that you'd find super high quality steaks from at a restaurant, Uh, and they also make the best burger because I've seen these carcasses in the beef plant hanging. Let me tell you, when you have a young beef carcass, an animal that was fed for grain for about 100 days, uh, the, the quality of the meat is just incredible, both visually and when you eat it. So that makes the best beef burgers, and I talk about that in my blog. But you know, there are some great beef burgers in the Denver metro area, you just kind of have to know where to go because, um, you know, you really wouldn't be able to read the box that's coming in the back of the store unless you're dumpster diving, which, by the way, I do dumpster dive, not to try to reclaim any food that's in there, but to see where restaurants are getting their meat from. Mostly it's just a curiosity thing, but uh, sometimes, like, for example, I've seen restaurants uh, say on their menu that they have a Kobe beef burger. Well, a Kobe beef burger would cost like 40 or 50 bucks if it was truly a Kobe beef burger. Now, Kobe is a city in Japan that's famous for 
their Wagyu beef cattle and the way they're raised and the genetics of those animals. And you really would have a hard time finding an authentic Kobe beef burger in the Denver area. You can maybe find one on the coast in Los Angeles or maybe in New York, but that burger is going to cost you $50, $60. And a steak out of an authentic Kobe Wagyu animal in Japan is going to cost you a couple hundred dollars if you eat it in food service. But here in the United States, you know, we do try to copy things. And so we've copied this Wagyu genetic strain that's found in Japan. And uh, we call it American-style Kobe beef. So not too many restaurant operators will put that on their menu, American-style Kobe beef. It's just too long. So they just say Wagyu. They say Wagyu burgers. And I sell a great quality Wagyu burger to restaurants. And it's, it's made here in the United States. And it's a great burger, but it's not a Kobe beef burger from Japan. So I see my guest, Gino, is online. Gino, welcome to the show. Welcome to Food Chat. I'm here, Greg. How are you? Great, great. Good to have you on the show today. We have Gino. Hey, Gino, if I'm not saying your last name right, just smack me when you see me next time. But it's Cherenzia, right? Cherenzia. Cherenzia. Yeah. Cherenzia, yep. Yeah, and Gino, yep. you and I, you work for the Harvest Moon Baking Company, and I want to have you kind of share your industry experience uh, selling high-quality food service buns uh, for a long time. But you and I have, you know, been in the same circles for many, many years. I'm usually at a food show selling beef patties, and I was just introducing this show today talking about gourmet beef patties and Wagyu beef. But, but there you are selling the bun. So we're like, uh, we're like the dynamic duo. Yes, yes. It, it takes both to make a good burger, that's for sure. It does. Hey, Gino, um, a lot of people listening to this show probably haven't heard of the Harvest Moon Baking Company or of you. So let's just start from the beginning. Tell us about you. How did you get into the food business and into the bun business? Well, it's, you know, it's a long story, but uh, I'll give you the condensed version. Um, basically, I, uh, you know, I mean, I was washing dishes in Detroit. I grew up in Detroit, suburbia, you know, in a band and washing dishes in high school and I ended up trying to go to college for a little while. didn't really work out so well. So this guy I was going to college with ended up being the youngest owner-operator franchisee of a Burger King in the country. And he asked me if I would want to go run this Burger King with him. And you're never going to believe where. Vail, Colorado. Wow. Nice place to so live. I, <laughs> yeah, so I moved there when I was 20. Wow. And um, blew off the said, screw college. And um, if, you're, if you're listening, kids, Go to college, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was quite the experience. I we ended up having it for five years up in Vail. Um, I was one of the you know managers of the of the Burger King, and you know it was just a crazy time up there. And they all skied and, and worked their butts off, and um, and it was great. And from there after that, I moved over to the Sun and Alpen Vale. I worked at Latour back in the day when Walter Moritz was a chef up there. Um, I ended up you know kind of doing a lot of music things, so I would come down to Denver every weekend. And after ten years of uh, Vale. I ended up moving to Denver, and I worked at Strings Restaurant, which was at 17th and Humble for a long time. It right. was like the the restaurant in town to, to go to. I mean, we had everybody from Mick Jagger to Paul McPaul and Lindy McCartney, and um, you know every celebrity that would come to town would go to Strings. Right, um, I do remember that. We, yeah, yep, it was crazy. And Noel, um, rest his soul, uh, was a great guy to work for. I learned a lot there. Um, 
and I ended up segueing from that into the music industry, believe it or not, because we, we worked with a lot of label reps, and we did a lot of catering for Barry Fay, who was the big concert promoter here in town for a long time. And so I ended up from there going to Brendan's Pub, which was a blues bar here in Denver, Denver's home of the blues. I ran that for a number of years. Then I went out on the road as a guitar tech and a road manager for a couple of local bands, Opie Gone Bad, Nina Story. Um, they were pretty pretty big, you know, 20 years ago here in town. So from there, I uh, got done with that little stint of, of the music industry and started working for the gentleman I work for now today. And he had the Wolfgang Pucks downtown at the Pavilions. So I started doing, like, marketing and special events for him down there. And uh, one day, he called and said, hey, I just bought this bakery. And it was actually Ilfernayo's Bakery, which is where we are today. Um, and he's like, we need, I need you guys to go over there and turn this thing into something for me. Um, you know, he had a bunch of restaurant concepts that he was wanting to support with the bakery at that time. So we, at that time we were doing pastries out of this facility. We were doing, um, breads, but not really what we're doing today. So we did that for a couple of years and then we ended up basically just killing that whole business model. And we started getting into the bun business. Burger buns, burger buns, burger buns, burger buns. And it was huge. We um, got picked up by the, the big distributors here in town. Um, to this day, we sell to, you know, to everybody. We're equal opportunity bun hustlers. We sell to all the distributors. But the bun business really kicked in for us. We got the Veil bun, the Epic bun, which is, you know, their, their, their main bun for their Epic burger. And we still have that today. We've had that for like nine years. And, um, our, the resort towns are really, really big for Harvest Moon. We, um, I, go, I go up there a lot and kind of visit all the all the ski resorts that we sell to, as well as the surrounding restaurants that, you know, they might use local bakeries to support them, but the local bakeries can't keep up with the volume during peak season, so we're a really good alternative. Um, Harvest Moon is a handmade, preservative-free, frozen, thaw-and-serve-like-fresh rockin' bread. We have everything from buns to sliders to hoagies to pan loaves. Um, and we've just been really fortunate and done really well with it. So it's um, yeah, it's been a great, great thing for us. Since I started selling burgers, Gino, uh, 31 years ago, I've noticed over time that the quality of the ingredients has gotten better, including buns. You know, I started selling uh well actually cooking burgers when i was a kid i was 16 years old my first job off the farm up in brighton mm -hmm. was working at the local mcdonald's and the local mcdonald's had you know they use so many buns they bring in fresh buns every day or every other day uh because they go through so many buns but even back then that we were toasting the buns putting butter on the buns to make that you know the perfect bun but but since then yeah. i've noticed that that the independent operators, the the quality of the buns have gone way up. And even in the last one, you talk a little bit about the potato bun because that's that that brioche potato bun is one of my favorites now. And there's a lot of good buns out there. But is that a is that a newer bun or a newer idea? The potato bun. When did when did that start coming out? Well, so the potato bun that we make is a little different than like the national potato bun. That there's this company called Martin's out of uh, from back east that. Uh, Shake Shack actually started this big trend with them. They use Martin's potato bun, and it, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a spongy bun, super soft, super small, super squishy. Um, you know, the difference between us, like you said it a minute ago, I mean, we, we're a little bit higher quality 
because it's preservative-free. Like their potato, the big, you know, speed bakery, uh, mass-produced buns are going to be full of preservatives. They just taste different. They they look different. They're all fully automated, you know, pretty much um, manufacturing facilities compared to us, where we're still a little hands-on and and handmade. Um, so our potato bun, it's um, it's not a brioche bun. Our potato, it's a straight potato bun. So it's a classic dough with. Some, uh, we put actual potato in the mix. Um, we top it with a little flour, so it's a flour-dusted potato bun. It toasts up great. You know, a butter wheel and a flat grill, and you've got a kick-ass uh, bun right there. Gino, tell us a little bit about why you sell the buns frozen, because our listeners might not understand that or think that that might be an inferior way to to do it, although they you know need to realize that you when you put buns through a food service operator or distributor, you know it has to have shelf life. You've got to do something to extend the shelf life. So you can do it a couple of different ways. You can freeze the bun, or you can put preservatives in the bun. So tell tell us about what your method is at Harvest Moon. Right. So we're an SQF level nine manufacturing facility, which is safe quality food. Our ingredient deck is like super as minimal as we could possibly get it. And it's super clean, so we don't have any preservatives in the house. We use, you know, like really clean ingredients. We use sunflower oil in our products. Um, so it's, we, it's baked, it's cooled, it's sliced, it's in the box, and it's in the freezer within like two hours, and it's frozen at 20 below. It has a natural enzyme in it that will help it thaw fr- like fresh one time. We highly recommend you don't refrigerate it because refrigeration kind of dries it out because of the lack of preservatives. Um, but it'll last three months in the freezer, and you know you pull pull two bags out if that's all you're going to go through the next day in burgers in the morning or the night before, and you're good to go. It'll have a six day room temp shelf life on on all of our products. Um, and you know, like people who get fresh delivery, I mean, and again, there's like a bunch of really great bakeries here in Denver, and there's room for all of us. Um, those people who get fresh delivery, it's it's a nice service. You know, the people come in and they rotate the stock on the racks for them, and you know, it's 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 fresh. I mean, it's fresh baked. Ours, if you thaw it out and put it next to those, you wouldn't know that it was frozen, um, to be honest with you. No, you don't we, know it's you know, frozen. Do, right. You can't tell. Yeah. You really can't tell. And, you know, and, and so like in the resort towns, the pack size is perfect. The fact that they can freeze it for 30 days, you know, 90 days is great. You know, you pull them as you need them. Um, you know, so you could, if, you, if you have the freezer space, it's a really good way to go. So once an operator thaws your, your, your bun out, then, then what? Let's talk about, you know, what's the best way to prep that bun before it goes on the, the perfect burger, you know? So um, I was at a uh, Miami airport yesterday. I did a food show there, American Food and Beverage Show. And I'm coming back, and I'm looking for a good gourmet burger place, and I found one. I found one in, in the airport in Miami. So it was great, local, local place. Nice. And uh, – Boy, was I disappointed, you know, because I really don't mind spending $15, $16 for a good gourmet burger. That's kind of the the normal price these days. But, you know, I get this bun, and it's cold, and it was never toasted or buttered or anything and on it. And I thought, wow, they blew it there. So tell us about someone, an operator. What does an operator normally, like a an operator that's really trying to sell you a gourmet burger and give you that great eating experience, what are they going to do to your bun after they thaw it out? Yeah, I mean, you know, just don't keep it right above the line where it's super hot. And just, I mean, pull it apart and run it across the butter wheel and stick it on a flat grill is the best way to do it. It'll bring out a nice crunch to it, a little hint of sweetness with most of them. It's just, um, you know, it looks great. When I'm at home, 
I take a little bit of freaking sunflower oil or olive oil and just dab a little on there, throw it on the grill, and then, like, quarter turn it and get the lines on there. That's a really good way to do it, too. Um, but you definitely leave the bread. All bread likes a little heat. You know what I mean? I mean, if you have a bread, a bun that's just straight out of the bag, I mean, with, without toasting it, you're not going to get the same um, quality experience of a burger, I think, personally. Yeah, so for our listeners at home, you know, they, they probably don't have a butter wheel, but like you said, you can just brush yeah, on yeah, some olive wheel. oil or any yeah. oil and put it in. Uh, don't put it in the microwave, okay, but put it on your... No, no, don't microwave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick it on the grill, man. I mean, you don't even have to put anything on it, to be honest with you, on ours. Just getting that, you know, the heat to it and getting that crunch to it is, is key. Because most people put, you know, I'm like a pickles, mustard, lettuce kind of guy on my burgers. It's kind of, it might sound kind of weird, but maybe a little bacon if I'm like, you know, living on the edge. But um, a lot of people, you know, like put a lot of condiments on there. So you want, and that'll, you know, soak right into it if it's not toasted up, I think. Yeah, I agree. Now, your company, yeah. Harvest Moon Baking Company, does not sell, tell me if I'm wrong, but you do not sell your product in retail stores just through food service, correct? We do not. I mean, there are a few places around town, like Tony's Meat, Tony's Markets. Um, they, you know, buy our stuff and then repackage it and sell a little retail here and there. Um, there's a few places you can you can get it, but we do not at this point. We have not gotten gone down that that path. Um, you know, it could be something we could do down the road. But again, because it's frozen, you know, most of those places that you buy bread at, I mean, it can sit on a shelf for ten days. Right, you know? right. Do you know, I used to work um, at the uh, bakery plant for the local King Supers chain. Uh, they have their own bakery, and so they're making dough and baking product all night long at their central bakery over off Alameda and I-25, and then they ship it out to the stores every day. And a lot of their bread is is frozen after they cook it, and then they thaw it at the store. In fact, you've probably seen this yeah. or experienced this. You go reach in the back in the bread aisle. You're trying to find the freshest date you can find, and then you feel it. It's cold. It's frozen. It's, they're thawing that thing out. And there's nothing wrong with yeah. that at all. But uh, um, no, my point is, for, for listeners that want to have, you know, the ultimate Harvest Moon baking company bun, they're going to have to find that at a restaurant. So what are some of the restaurants in the Denver yes, metro that serve your that serve your product? Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Sam's number three uses all of our breads from all the sliced breads on, you know, the, every plate, every toast that you will get is on ours, as well as the burger buns. Um, Whiskey Row is freaking awesome downtown. I don't know if you've been there. That place sure. Yeah. Dirk Bentley's Whiskey Row. That place is cool. He uses all of our products. Um, uh, the Tap and Burger chain, they use our brioche sesame. If you want, like, a really, really rocking burger, they have a Blake's brisket burger down there that is on our brioche sesame bun that is like one of the best burgers i've ever had that's uh really, yeah i, I sell them the burgers really so yeah that's that's good to know yeah they're a great operator do you yeah yeah oh so. yeah that's that is awesome um yeah so the list goes on and on i mean you know um we should probably do a little post every once in a while of all the places that use us but if you go to our instagram page um gretchen our uh social media person over here constantly posts all the really fun places that use Harvest Moon, and um, you know, it's it, it, the list is big. Yeah, I'm sure it's hundreds. Uh, it's hundreds of accounts long. So, um, you know, I think it it's is. yeah. I think you know, people that are looking for a gourmet burger, they can just ask the the wait person that's serving them. You know, hey, where do you guys get your your bread from, or where did this bun come from? And they they can they well, can yeah. find it. Yeah. So I do that everywhere I go, and I, if they're not sure, I go, hey, have you ever seen a box that on the side of it says, "Thanks for letting us handle your buns." 
because we put that on every box that's on. Right. Yeah, it's very <laughs> prominent. It's very prominent. Yeah. It's it's very yeah. So that's a tagline that that we came up with that and raised in the Rockies. So we were very clever with our baking uh, taglines, you know. But um, but yes, everybody's everybody's heard of the "Thanks for letting us handle your buns" line. <laughs> hey, you know, I wanted to talk about there. There's probably some young listeners or some parents of younger listeners that. Uh, their kids are in college or high school or there or maybe even people that are just kind of wanting to do a career change. And you and I have been in the food service uh, industry a long time. You know, you started in restaurants. I started in restaurants and then you went you took your music channel. But you weren't too far out of the uh, the food business when you're doing your music gig. And then you, you've had a good no. career and a good run as a as a, you know, a supplier for food service. So tell us a you know, if what are your thoughts for younger people or people looking for a career change on opportunities in the food service industry? Well, it's such an interesting thing right now because, as you know, I mean, the customer service and the, the staffing and everything is just, you know, um, not at its peak right now due to COVID and everything else. So there's a lot of opportunities out there for, for people to become in just about any position in a restaurant these days, you know what I mean? And I think, I think a lot of owners are really willing to train and, you know, to try and turn these people into like being a career, um, you know, restaurant type of a person. I mean, from every piece, part of the restaurant, from the front of the house to the, you know, to the back. I mean, I, I would suggest, I mean, I started off washing dishes and, you know, like next thing I knew I was working in, you know, doing pastries and uh, doing expo. And then I was like, well, screw that. I'm going to be a waiter because I can make more money, especially in Vail. I was like, okay, these guys are, you know, this is where all the money is. Sure. But, um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity right now because there's, you know, a lot of people left the, 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 the you know, left that um, the restaurant business to do other things during COVID and everybody's still struggling to hire people back. So, you know, if you get in there and put your time in, I think you can work your way up. I have a friend who is the general manager of, a restaurant downtown that she started off as a busser like seven years ago and now she's the general manager of this place and she's just done really well for herself and you know it's just put the put the time in and pay attention and you know my big thing is I'm a, on my business cards I used to say the happiest guy you know and it's like all about just being you know being positive and being being willing to to jump right in with both feet and do whatever it takes and and have fun with it as, as you go. And that's the beauty of the restaurant business, too, I think, is that it always has been fun for me. I mean, even when you're, like, totally in the weeds and, you know, you don't think you're going to make it through, you know, you always do. And it's, um, I don't know, I've had a lot of fun with it. So. Yeah, well, that social um, interaction think, is fun. You know, working working in a busy restaurant is uh, you know, very exciting. And it's tiring. It's exhausting. It you know, and I've, oh, had a, I've had a lot of friends, you know, that uh, started working in restaurants and then, they get to know the industry a little bit, and then they decide they want to, you know, change their hours, maybe not work those nights and weekends, so they'll go work for maybe a food service distributor, and there's tons of those to go work for as a salesperson. Or you can go work for a manufacturer, like I'm a manufacturer's rep, you are a, uh, you work for a manufacturer. There's a lot of opportunities on the manufacturing side where it's more kind of an 8 to 5 job or 9 to 10 job, maybe just not the nights and weekends. So there's a lot of different things you can do um, you know, once you're kind of in the know and you know people. Oh, there definitely is, yeah. And, you know, like, I mean, I, this is a lot more fun for me than it was even being in, the, like, a server or, you know, managing a restaurant. Um, 
I just love doing what I'm doing now because all I do is talk. And I talk a lot, and I love talking to people. Like, I love doing food shows because you know, I can't, we call ourselves uh, show huggers when we do food shows because we, we go early, we stay late, we talk to everybody, and, you know, nobody gets by us without a, hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know, it's just it's super fun to, you know, get the energy from all the people that, in this industry. So um, I, think it, I think it's a great career for, for anybody who's looking for something to do that um, um, doesn't want to maybe go to college or doesn't want to go, you know, leave town to go to do something else um there's a lot of opportunity out there yeah there's nothing wrong with going to college but so many young people no, today go to college I mean, without no, really no. knowing what they want to study and then they get a degree that's kind of a bogus degree go into debt to get the bogus degree then they come out work a year or two in the industry they thought they would like it then they realize yeah i'm not really cut out for this it's not my cup of tea which there's nothing wrong with that process of discovery we all go through that but anymore, you know, gosh, college costs too much anymore. It's not like 1950s, 60s, 70s where college was reasonable and cost you a couple grand to go through. Now it's 100 grand or more. So you, I tell people, go work for, in the industry for a couple of years. You know, I, my own kids have done this. Go work for a couple of years and then decide if you want to pursue a degree in that field. And a lot of times, you know, like in the food service industry, um, they don't really care if you have a college degree. What they care is you show up to work and you're competent with your job and you enjoy what you do and you have a good work ethic and you're teachable and you bring a good attitude to work every day. Those characteristics will get you very far and very well paid in life without a college education. So yeah, no disrespect. I have a college degree, but uh, no disrespect to those getting a college degree. There's a lot of jobs that you have to have a college degree for. But, hey, in the food service Absolutely. industry, there is a ton of great jobs if you just work and show up <laughs> yeah there is and i know a lot of people who like were going to college and working in a restaurant and loved it so much you know they once they graduated from college um they didn't you know they didn't follow their career their uh, college um degree you know they, they went and, bit, and stayed in the restaurant business which sure is, you know that happens a lot too. Yep. Paul Cruz is over here waving his hand at you, Greg. He's like, that's oh. what he did. He went. To, he was in the military. He was in, he graduated from college, and now he's a Harvest Moon guy. Yeah, we'll say hey to Paul <laughs> and Gino. I'm sorry, we're we're already out of time. We've already exhausted our time. But hey, everybody, if you want to know about the Harvest Moon Baking Company, they have a great website. You can just Google Harvest Moon Baking Company and find it. And hey, when you're in those restaurants, ask where they get their buns from. Hey. Thanks, Gino, for coming on the show today. It was good talking to you, and we'll catch you at the next food show. That sounds great. Thanks for having me, man. It was really fun. I look forward to doing it again sometime, and thanks for letting us handle your buns. Thanks, Gino. Take care. Today's show is brought to you by RanchFreshMeats.com. You can't buy Harvest Moon Buns at RanchFreshMeats.com, but you can buy restaurant-quality premium meats, the same premium meats that we sell to restaurants wholesale. Hey, have you ever tried a Wagyu brisket or a tri-tip or a Wagyu flat iron steak from Dan Morgan's Wagyu Ranch? Or how about a jalapeno or British back bacon from Tim Beeler's premium Duroc line of pork? At Ranch Fresh Meats, we've found the best quality bison, beef, chicken, pork, and more, and you can get it all in one box from one locally owned Colorado company. Go to ranchfreshmeats.com. Here's to the farmer that plants the fields in the spring The turn from green to that harvest honey Pull one up for the banker downtown They got him on his feet with handshake of money 
The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.